As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Friday edition of Football and Grits, the Athletics' new daily SEC podcast. You know the drill by now on Fridays. I'm John Hayes. I'll be here every Friday throughout the season with a special guest picker to pick SEC games against the spread, except for last weekend, or last Friday, I should say, because uh, our guest, Alyssa Lang, can probably relate to this. I didn't have power late last week because of Hurricane Zeta, so I wasn't able to host the show last Friday. Thank you for, to David Oven and Mitch Light uh, for filling in. But the cat's out of the bag. Our guest this week is Alyssa Lang, SEC Network's Alyssa Lang. She's the host of Thinking Out Loud, which airs every Monday on SEC Network at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Out of Pocket as well airs every Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Alyssa, thanks so much for being here on the show. Congratulations on Out of Pocket uh, you've got your own TV show. No big deal. Yeah, it's still, I guess, crazy to hear someone say that out loud. Um, and we were just saying before you hit record, sometimes I scratch my head and I wonder, like, are they going to watch this one day and realize maybe this wasn't a good idea to let you go on TV for 30 minutes and talk about football and donuts and whatever else uh, comes across <laughs> the desk. But it's been awesome. It's been so much fun. Uh, and it's so cool to be able to have that uh, that platform on Saturday mornings on game day to share with SEC fans. It's been awesome. Yeah, make sure you check it out because it's a great lead-in as well to to the great morning show, SEC Nation, which gets you ready for uh, a full slate, uh, a full slate of, of SEC games. So, so I'm into the SEC Network Saturday morning slate. Um, it's awesome. A lot of good people there involved as well. Uh, our board today, we're going to pick three games, Alyssa. And okay. there's, there's one thing that we love on the Friday edition of Football and Grits more than anything. And well, well donuts is a – donuts would be a, a solid number two. Uh, but number one is, is home dogs. We love teams that are playing at home who are catching points. Obviously, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party is a neutral site game. Uh, so there isn't a home dog in that scenario. There is a bulldog, though. 
But South Carolina and Arkansas are both catching points. South Carolina is a seven and a half point underdog at home this weekend, and Arkansas is a two point underdog at home as well. We'll get into those two matchups, but first, we've got to talk about the big matchup. We've got to talk about Florida, Georgia, the de facto SEC East Championship. It feels like I say I've said that every year for the last seven years. Um, that's been the two it's teams, true. right? There's, Mizzou was around for a couple of years. Uh, they made it to the SEC championship game. I can't believe that happened in the last 10 years, but it did. Uh, so let's start there. So what do you think about the world's largest outdoor cocktail party this weekend? It's obviously a huge matchup. Uh, you've been studying this game, obviously. What do you think happens? Yeah, I think this is an interesting one. Obviously, it is every single year. Like you said, it's always the battle for the East, it seems, every single year, certainly in recent memory. But this one is obviously very different with what we're going to be missing, I think, on both sides of the ball. Obviously, Florida was the talk of college football last week with the big halftime brawl uh, with Mizzou going into the locker room. And that resulted in some carryover, obviously, into this week. But looking at what Georgia is going to be missing, certainly on the defensive side of the ball going into this one, Richard LeCount not going to play after getting into that motorcycle accident a couple days ago. And then they've got two defensive tackles that are going to be out as well because of injury. It, it's a Georgia team that we've been touting when it comes to the defensive side of the ball and their defense isn't going to be at 100%. So I think this game's going to be really, really close. And I've gone back and forth on it all week as far as who I think is going to win. Uh, I do think I've come to that conclusion of who I think is going to be victorious in Jacksonville, um, despite the fact, you know, you said it's a neutral site game. Georgia fans would obviously argue that point, as did Brandon Boykin, former Georgia Bulldog on our show, Monday night who said Jacksonville's not neutral um that being said I think the Florida team pulls it out this year honestly and that's because of what they're working with on offense right now I think I kind of go back to the Georgia Alabama game when I think about this one and it was the number one offense versus the number one defense and if you're asking Stetson Bennett to keep up with a high-powered offense, I'm not sure that Georgia offense is equipped to do it. I think what Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney and the run game that Florida's boasting right now is going to be just a little too much for Georgia, honestly. It's certainly with some of their best defensive starters out of this one. I think if they were healthy, this would be a different conversation. But I don't know. That makes me lean Florida in this one. Me too, Alyssa. I completely agree with you. And the funny part is is that Florida's the the underdog in this game. Georgia started as you know a five point six point favorite in some places. That number has has gotten down to as of today, uh, when we're recording on on Wednesday afternoon, uh, Georgia minus three. So so Florida is an underdog, but like you said, you've you've done the studying. It's it's easy to see on on, on Georgia's defensive side of the football that there's some serious key pieces missing. And Kyle Trask, I mean. Is this guy the best quarterback in the SEC? I mean, it's close. Uh, he's somebody, when I think about Kyle Trask, you know who I think about? I think about Dak Prescott. And the reason why I think about Dak Prescott is because of the Dan Mullen connection. When when Dak was playing for, for Dan Mullen in Starkville, that offense was special. He could run the football. He was a big guy in the pocket. He could take a hit, and he could deliver the ball as well. And that's 
All those things Kyle Trask can do. You, you don't think of Kyle Trask as a guy that's going to run for 100 yards on you because he's probably not. But he can run for seven. He can run for 15. And he's got a big body that's really difficult uh, to bring down. Uh, what about this Florida team intrigues you? I mean, you, you've mentioned, obviously, some of the players. And, and Kyle Pitts, by the way, is probably the best tight end in, in college football. What about what about Dan Mullen? What what about the head coach here? I mean, right now he's kind of in this gray area of like, is he college football's villain? Uh, does that suit him in this this ball game? Do you think? I don't think so. I, I don't think anybody who's had a conversation with Dan Mullen thinks he's a villain. I mean, he's <laughs> such a happy-go-lucky guy. He's just you know happy to be there. He's just always you know talking a million miles an hour, sort of similar to Jimbo Fisher, but not quite as bad as Jimbo probably uh, when he really gets. That's going. impossible, think, by the way. No one can talk that fast. It's not possible. Yeah, Jimbo <laughs> talks the fastest of any human being, besides maybe the guy at the end of the car commercials who like has to read the terms and conditions really fast. Um, but no. This this Florida team is awesome, and they've been fun to watch. I I really, I guess I have a little bit more of like an emotional attachment to this growth because when Dan Mullen was hired, I was working in Jacksonville, Florida, and local TV at the time, and it was obviously a, a really big deal. Florida had lost again to Georgia, and we were out uh, in the lots of Everbank Field or now TIAA Bank Stadium, excuse me, uh, talking to Florida fans about like what's what's next, what's next, and they were all like. Bring somebody new in. We were tired of losing. This is not Florida football. And I distinctly remember talking to more than one individual who was like, bring Dan Mullen back. And then sure enough, that's what they end up doing a couple of months later. And ever since he's been there, the fit has just been obvious. Uh, I mean, bringing Florida back to 10 win seasons, then another 10 win season. And now they're back competing for the East, I think in a way that's more competitive than they have been for the last couple of years. Again, you know, they're an underdog, but not by many. I think a lot of people are expecting now Florida that now that we're in game week to, to be the one to win this one. Um, but it, it's been so great to watch it. And to your point, watching Dan Mullen develop these quarterbacks like a Dak Prescott and a Kyle Trask, who two years ago, no one I don't think was expecting Kyle Trask to be the one to be the face of this program. Uh, and here he is through the first couple of weeks of the season at the top of the stat charts, uh, leading this Florida offense in a way that's just so exciting to watch. It sort of reminds me of how we used to talk about the fun and gun offense with Steve Spurrier. So knowing what Kyle Trask is capable of doing, like you said, he's probably not going to run for over 100 yards a game, but he's able to get down and get those gritty plays when he needs to. And when he doesn't have to do that, he has plenty of weapons to spread the ball around to as well. It feels like sometimes he throws the ball to Kyle Pitts, who's in like triple coverage, and he's still like making these amazing plays. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I think Florida has been obviously one of the reasons why they've been lethal. But I think they'll be dangerous down the stretch because even with the issues that they've had on the defensive side of the ball, they've been able to put up enough points to get these wins. And I think that's where Georgia may have trouble with them this weekend. But it, I think anytime Dan Mullen and a Florida offense is, is chugging along in the way that they have been, it's great for the SEC and it's fun for football. Vic Torinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. 
With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It certainly is. And this game is great for college football in general. I mean, these two programs, in my opinion, need to be good year after year after year to make sure that SEC East is competitive, to make sure that it's intriguing. And uh, this game in Jacksonville, what seems like every single season is is becoming – one of the most high-stakes game in college football. Uh, Andy Staples uh, at The Athletic wrote a story this week about how whoever loses on Saturday, the fan base is going to be coming after that head coach. And well, I, I think that's a, I, I think in a microcosm, maybe the best way to explain how week-to-week SEC football is. It's just intense. Nobody yeah. wants to lose. And when you do, uh, fans have an issue with it. And certainly this game, um, I live with a Florida grad and we were talking about this game and and he said, you know, it's so true when you think about the winner of this game, even in years where Georgia has been favored by two, three touchdowns, it's not going to be close, whatever it is. Winning this game feels great. Sure. But losing, losing feels 10 times worse. And then you have to think about it for the next 364 days until the next time you're in Jacksonville. So it's it's really like the epitome of an SEC game, a hatred in the conference, and certainly on the SEC East. And that's what we love to see. Certainly, if you're not a Florida Georgia fan, as an outsider looking in, this is the best it gets. Oh, it's it's perfect for the neutral. This this game is unbelievable if you're not a Florida Florida or a Georgia fan. And if you're just a college football fan in general, this is yeah. this is the game to watch this weekend. People will be talking about Clemson. People will be talking about Notre Dame. And that'll be a great game. Don't get me wrong. But it won't be as good as Florida-Georgia. That's where a bunch of pro players will be playing. And that's where the biggest hits this weekend will happen in college football. There's no doubt about it. Uh, if, you, if you experience a, a Georgia game as close up as you have, you know how big these guys are. They can bring the bring the heat and 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 playing for a guy like Kirby Smart, it's going to be a a physical football game. So we're on the same side. We both like Florida. And by the way, Florida was the preseason pick to win the SEC East. They were so, mine. Yeah, they were yours. So there you go. So now, if, if they win this weekend, not only do you look good on the show, you got your potentially SEC East pick heading to the SEC championship game. And ultimately, and I'll ask you this last question before we get to the next two games. Does Florida match up with with Alabama better? Do you think? I think that's like an everyone's saying that because of their offense, and that we've seen Georgia, Bama, and Stetson Bennett maybe not being able to, like you said, go on a a an offensive onslaught against Bama. Do you, do you think Florida would be a better game for Bama? You know, I I don't know in this moment right now. As it stands, I lean Georgia getting a second shot at Alabama. And and that's just, again, because of their defense. And if they have a healthy defense, if they have a healthy Richard LeCount back, I think that makes the world of a difference. And and I think there's something to be said about getting a second crack at an Alabama team and maybe going back to the drawing board for Georgia's offense and saying, look – we got to put a little bit less on Stetson Bennett. Like we can't force him to do exactly what Mac Jones is doing on the other side of the ball because he's not going to be able to do it. Um, 
if Florida can go out there and dominate Georgia defensively and, and leave no doubt, then maybe I change my mind. But with seeing what or what Florida has been able to do so far, I'm not confident on their defense being able to stop Alabama in the way that I think Georgia's defense might be able to with a second chance. I liked what Florida did against Missouri, but obviously Missouri's offense and Alabama's offense, completely different uh, situations. So as I think Florida has made some improvements on defense, I need to see it against a team that maybe is, is in a, a different level of the SEC this year before I really get confident that it would be uh, a better Florida-Bama matchup. That being said, I think Bama is by far the best team in the conference, and I don't think anybody will stack up to Bama this year, but you never know what could happen in Atlanta. Very nice job letting Mizzou down easy there. Very different situation than Alabama at Mizzou. There's no doubt about that. Florida, Georgia, 330 Eastern on CBS. The best theme song in sports. Get jacked. I'm I'm excited for this one. Uh, Our next game up. Uh, I think this one hits close to home for you, Alyssa. Texas A&M and the Aggies heading heading to Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia. The South Carolina Gamecocks are just more than a touchdown underdog. This line started around 10 points and has come all the way down to seven and a half. Uh, Alyssa, you're a South Carolina alum. Let's start there. I mean, what do the Gamecocks mean to you? Yeah, this one's tough for me. Um, Obviously, you know, I went to South Carolina. I love the Gamecocks, but I think this is generous for South Carolina. I think A&M probably ends up winning this one by at least two touchdowns. And I say that because I have – Little to no confidence in South Carolina's defense outside of their two corners in uh, J.C. Horn and Israel Mukwamu, who, when healthy and when they're playing out there together, have been dangerous, certainly. Um, I, I hate to see anybody throw against those guys. We saw it in Auburn, and, and I think it was uh, J.C. Horn who absolutely had a day against Bo Nix in that Auburn offense. But when I look at South Carolina, I see a lot of basic fundamental issues. I mean, missed tackles against LSU. It was like nobody wanted to have anything to do with the ball carrier. And that's frustrating. Um, and, and that tells me that there's a lot still to work on in Columbia. That said, with what Texas A&M looks like right now, the way Kellen Mond's been able to run that offense, certainly last week against a, a good Arkansas team, uh, unless South Carolina found some sort of magic over their bye week, I don't have a ton of confidence because on the other side of the ball, outside of Kevin Harris and Shai Smith, they don't have a ton of offensive firepower either. So uh, I think they lack in both sides of the ball when it comes to this matchup. Throw in the fact that AM has been really successful on the ground this year. I think Jimbo Fisher's like 19 and 1 in games that they rush for at least 150 yards. And South Carolina just gave up almost 300 to LSU in their last game. So if Texas A&M can run the ball, I think South Carolina is going to have a really, really long night. Uh, so I, I do anticipate it to be a couple scores. Sorry, Gamecocks. Uh, Texas A&M should probably get an easy win in this one. Well, you've got one more chance to pick a home dog. We'll see. But, the, but that's the road favorite, Texas A&M, the Aggies. And it, it makes sense why the Aggies are a road favorite. I saw a crazy stat this week about Texas A&M's offensive line. I know offensive line talk isn't uh, sexy per se, but they're playing really well this year. And yeah. um, the they're last co- yes, they are. And, and the last couple of years, Kellen Mond's been running for his life. Um, that's not the case this year, and that makes a huge difference. And I think you're seeing that play out um, every week for Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. But one thing I do like to do on the show, Alyssa is I like to take things off the field. When I think about these matchups, you mentioned the bye week. Okay, that's important to me. South Carolina's got two weeks to prepare for this game. 
The Aggies do not. They had a tough rivalry game that they have every year that's crazy. they they got to get up for. Arkansas always gives Texas A&M a good game. They did last weekend, but Texas A&M was able to take care of it at at the end. The other thing is that Texas A&M is getting hyped up this week. Right? Anytime a team starts to get hyped, I'm, I'm looking on my Twitter feed and all of a sudden I see, is Texas A&M a college football playoff contender? If the Aggies are 9-1, and one, are they going to make the playoff? And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, three weeks ago, no one would have even come close to saying this about Texas A&M. So I'm, I'm asking myself, I say, are the Aggies a little bit overrated right now? And is South Carolina a tough place to play? And that's when the year 2020 gets a little weird because you're not going to have that atmosphere at williams Bryce that you normally would for a big-time matchup. I, if, if this number was at the original 10, if it stayed there instead of came down, I think the fact that you're going to get 7.5 in this game, you're going to get that hook. If, if South Carolina does lose by a touchdown, they would cover. I, I I would advise to if you could if you could get a number around eight nine or ten take the Gamecocks but if but if that number stays around a touchdown uh, Texas A and M has to be, has to be the play here you know the, the Gamecocks have just they haven't looked great but sometimes. No, no, it hasn't been pretty. And Will Muschamp has the ability to kind of like pull one out of his you-know-what every now and again, and maybe this is the weekend to do it. Well, that was Auburn. That, that's been done. <laughs> I, think that, I think we're done at that point. That's, I don't that's know. fair. That's fair. We'll, right. we'll see what happens. I mean, Will Muschamp came, on to the, came into this season on the hot seat. 2020 throws a wrinkle into that, finances at a bunch of different places. Um, it's, it's not a normal year. You know, I've had, a, I've had a really tough time myself talking about the hot seat, talking about who's going to get fired and who's not because this year is, is so different. But, but being so close to that South Carolina program, you know that there's some dogs nipping on those ankles, aren't there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you never know. Again, the one thing about South Carolina is they're consistently inconsistent. So one day they'll break your heart. The next week they'll make you just run up and down the street screaming. You're just so happy. So you just never know. And that's part of the fun of being a Gamecock fan. I A lot of times I try to let people know on Fridays where they could take like a big time plus money flyer just for fun. And this is where I would take it. Like if, if you know, if you've got some extra funds, if you want to throw twenty bucks down on a money line dog, why not? Throw it on South Carolina. Seven and a half is a weird number. Like I said, two weeks to prepare. A and M might be a little bit overhyped. So I'm not ruling out the possibility of a South Carolina Gamecocks win this weekend. And I think the number shows that at seven and a half. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Our next game up is Tennessee at Arkansas. And you said earlier in the podcast, I wanted to call this out. You said, Arkansas, who's got a good football team. Okay, four months ago, did you expect to say that this season? So I didn't expect that they would look the way they look this year. But I knew because I did, I think, four or five Arkansas games last year. Um, I knew there was a lot of talent on this roster. But as the year went on, and I'm talking 2019, as the year went on and we'd go back to the facility week after week, it was just like, 
air coming out of a balloon every single week. There wasn't a lot of energy. There wasn't a lot of excitement. And then when they hired Sam Pittman, you could just sort of feel it even on social media. And, and you know, if you're on Twitter, like that's possible to feel that excitement from a program. And it was like, okay, if Sam Pittman can really bring some energy, bring some juice into Fayetteville, they have a lot of pieces there. And then obviously with Felipe Franks going out to Fayetteville, it was like, okay, there, this, this, this might be something like we might have something here. So I expect for expected for them to be much improved. I didn't expect for it to go like this though. And they should probably have one more win on the schedule. Obviously when we talk about that Auburn game and what went down at the end of that one, um, I think Arkansas could lose every game the rest of the season and it still be a success for Sam Pittman, just the way they've been able to win some of these games. And I made a case on thinking out loud a couple of weeks ago that I thought they might've been the second best team in the West with how they were playing through the first three or so weeks of the season. Uh, obviously that's not the case now that they've lost to Texas A&M and, and we saw A&M expose them a little bit, but I do think there's something to be said for maybe a little bit of a lack of depth at Arkansas right now. And some young guys feeling really beat up. Uh, I talked to Sam Pittman during their bye week and he was saying how almost surprised he was at how much they needed that bye week just to be able to sit back and rest guys and get guys in treatment um so i think you know arkansas came out with their butts on fire the first couple weeks of the season and they're nursing some things right now so i, I don't expect that arkansas line to keep going up the rest of the year obviously as their schedule is extremely difficult um but it's been so fun to watch either way what about on the other side of this matchup tennessee I, this to me, I, I truly think that this is a toss-up game. I think you're gonna, and it's an it's a classic SEC game where you're gonna roll two teams out there, and and you're gonna get that any given Saturday type vibe. And many conferences, you don't get that, and that's why I love the SEC. Quite frankly, is is a game like this. Uh, Arkansas is a, is a two point home dog, but in my mind, it's a pick. You know, th- this game, Tennessee. <sighs> It's another program that that is trying to reach that next level, and just year after year, they're just not getting there. But in the short term, what do they have going for them this weekend? Yeah, I think um, I'm right there with you. This game could go either way, and I, I've kind of agonized over this one. I think even more than the Florida-Georgia game, if that's even possible, just because you're not really sure what you're going to get with Tennessee. Are you going to get the team that came out week one against South Carolina where Jarrett Garantano looked really good and the defense was on their assignments and not missing simple tackles? Or are you going to get the, the Tennessee we saw in the second half of Georgia, which was just implosion all over the place and you have no idea what JG is doing? Um, I think that's what makes this so difficult and what makes this season so uh, I'll use the word exciting for Tennessee fans because <laughs> they really don't know what's going to happen every time they see their team take the field. That being said, coming off of a bye week, having a little bit more time to prepare, having a little bit more time to sort of fix those things that have been issues. The turnovers have been so bad for Tennessee. And, and that was something that going back to Florida, I was very intrigued to see how they came out against Missouri, certainly defensively. All right, we've got two weeks to kind of figure out what is going wrong here, to, to figure out what guys are confused and why they're not lining upright and why they're missing assignments and why there's just so much confusion on the field. And I felt like they looked a lot more put together against Missouri after that bye week. Can Tennessee do the same thing? We'll certainly find out. And again, you mentioned it. It's an Arkansas team that is going to go out there with a ton of energy at home. They're an underdog. We know what this defense can do because they play with a chip on their shoulder the entire season. 
JG makes one wrong decision and it just feels like that Tennessee offense implodes. Um, so this one, this one's hard for me. Um, if I had to, had to pick, I feel like Tennessee squeaks this one out, but barely. Um, and again, that just goes back to me feeling like Arkansas is a little tired right now. They're a little beat up. Tennessee coming off of having some rest, I, I think might honestly be one of the big difference makers in this game. Arkansas just had a really tough matchup a week ago against AM, who blew them out, let's be honest. Um, this one's tough, though. It, it could go either way, and this could bite me in the butt because Arkansas could very well win this one by two touchdowns, and I also wouldn't be surprised. So, like, it, who knows? You know what? That's, that's a great point. And you, you've got me thinking about that. You know, it's always tough. There's there's certain programs in the SEC, and maybe maybe Texas A&M is one of those programs right now because of that improved offensive line and that uh, disciplined football style, physical football style. When you play Bama that next week, your body's going to hurt. When you play Georgia that next week, you're going to hurt. And maybe Texas A&M right now with how well that team is playing and how important that strength and conditioning program has become under Jimbo Fisher, maybe Arkansas will be feeling that this weekend as well, and they're going to go into this matchup hurt. I'm going to stay on brand. I've got the home dog in this one. Give me Arkansas. Give me the two points. Give me the Arkansas uh, outright as well. Um, I love what Kendall Bryles is doing with this offense. It just looks so different. Um, and, 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 and the fact that this game is at home, if this was two straight road games for Arkansas, I'd say no way, but to be able to come home, get in your own bed, get in your own, um, you know, conditioning room, talk to the trainers, get that body right. Um, I, I think Arkansas has a, as a, as a chance to win this weekend and, and they continue to be, I know that you have on SEC network talked a bunch about the hogs have and, and a bunch about Sam Pittman. They're the story of the season. And, and if they can, if they can get this W again, that train will continue to roll down. You mentioned that the Tennessee offense explodes or implodes was the word. Every time JG makes a mistake, you know what else implodes every time he makes a mistake? The fan base. I mean, that guy is on a short string with his fan base. It's tough. I think there's there's a lot of weight on on his his shoulder. So, we're we're on the same side in Florida, Georgia. We're we're on the same side in, in A&M, South Carolina. You talked me into that, by the way. Uh, I, I like the oh. I, I like the I like the Gamecocks. And I'm just like when I see a home dog, I'm just like immediately attracted to that. But you know, I mean, you have to do it. There's nothing better than a home dog. There is nothing better than a home dog. I know, and that's why I'm on the Hogs. Okay, I've got one. I've got one of the two this weekend. I'm on the Hogs. But as far as South Carolina is concerned, I think you're right. There, you, you know this program like the back of your hand. And right now, it they're on the struggle bus. Uh, there's 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 no there's no doubt about it. Uh, that's it for our show today. It's it's the Friday episode of, of Football and Grits. You can follow Alyssa on Twitter at Alyssa Lang and make sure to check out Out of Pocket Saturday mornings at 930 Eastern on SEC Network. And of course, Thinking Out Loud to recap the weekend Monday night at 7 Eastern. What do you got coming up for this weekend on the show Saturday morning? We've got some really fun stuff. Obviously, everybody's favorite segment of Out of Pocket is when my dog makes picks. Um, and he has actually picked a handful of upsets so far this season as I try to remember exactly which upset. I believe he picked Kentucky over Tennessee uh, a couple of weeks ago, which no one had picked. Gene Chizik and Chris Doring both did not pick that game. And then he picked South Carolina over Auburn, also was the only SEC Network analyst, because I'm going to call my dog an analyst, um, to have picked that game. Last week, though, he had some very terrible picks. 
Um, so we will have him obviously pick this weekend's slate of games. And I always encourage people to not put money down based on my dog's picks, despite what they tell me they want to do on Twitter. Uh, so we'll have that. Plus, uh, we'll have two Ole Miss Rebels joining us. Uh, Matt Corral and Elijah Moore have been lighting it up offensively. I believe Elijah Moore currently leads the SEC in receiving yards, which everyone knew he was talented, but I don't think we knew he was that talented going into this week, knowing uh, how many other talented wide receivers there are around the conference. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that. And who knows what else will be on. It's always something crazy, always donuts, whatever's on our minds. Uh, we have a really good time on Saturday. Love it. Make sure you check out that show. And again, Thinking Out Loud Monday night as well. Um, Alyssa, she is her bosses call her a rising star, which is a pretty good label to have, Alyssa. It's a great label to have. I read that about you. That's what they say. Um, well, I had to slip. I had to slip a ten dollar bill under the table to make sure they said that about me. Uh, but not only that, Alyssa is a rising star. There, she is. I, I can confirm that she is a rising star. I can also say that she's a good person, and um, that's awesome. It's great to catch up with you, Alyssa. And thanks for being here on the Friday episode of Football and Grits. Please do us a favor: subscribe, rate, review the show, leave us a five star. You can subscribe to the Athletic. And and listen to the show ad-free at theathletic.com slash grits. Enjoy the football this weekend. We'll be back Monday with Andy Staples and David Oven. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.